use of technology. Great. Do you have anything that you've wondered about about that profile? I'm curious how it was altered originally that caused you to uh, want to go back to its origins and promote it in a new, in a different format than what the church currently has. Well, actually, I, I didn't realize it had been altered until many years later, simply because of the fact that uh, I never stopped using the original version. When it was altered in the early 80s, all training in that OCA, the Oxford Capacity Analysis, had ceased. And they put that profile onto a computer, and then it had the computer printouts. This came up into the 90s and so on. And they took people out of the equation in evaluation, and they asked then the, the evaluators of the profiles to simply read the person's quote-unquote evaluation off of a computer printout. And these evaluations went point by point across the, the OCA. And uh, it was a guaranteed invalidation of the public because that's not the way you read an OCA. That's not the way you evaluate an OCA. You don't just read it off of a sheet. There's very specific things you're looking for, and they're very obviously spotted on the profile, and that's the thing that you talk about as an evaluator because that's the thing the person's attention will be on and the thing that he wants to do something about. That's the thing that we can really help him with. So the evaluation, the way it came to be done in the church, was not only incorrect, guaranteed invalidation and an upset within a new public person, but to say nothing of the effect it would have in an HGC when CSs are trying to use the results of this profile, which had been altered. Now, there's all sorts of um, notions about why it was altered. Some say that... Uh, a guy captured the copyrights of Julia Salmon to the profile. Julia Salmon created the original profile back in the 50s in Phoenix. She was a very well-trained uh, Scientologist even by that time. This was the middle 50s. Mm -hmm. And a uh, very bright woman. She was formally trained as a psychologist in her schooling and with a specialty in creating tests, personality tests. So LRH asked her to write a profile that would sample certain capabilities of an individual and give them a means external to what they were doing that would allow them to evaluate a person's progress. Are they getting better? Are they getting worse? What's happening? Uh, because remember, there was an awful lot of research going on in those days. They were trying all kinds of different things to accomplish the objectives they were after. And so Julia created this profile, and that, that profile was called the American Standard. And, uh, uh, and that was used in these research lines through the 50s. Then, of course, they went to England. LRH went to England. And English people don't want to take an American test, <laughs> it turns out. Just the name turned people off. But also, the, the profile itself didn't cross cultural lines very well. So Ron turned to his friend Raymond Kemp, also a very well-trained Scientologist, and said, Ray, I want you to make modifications on this profile so that it crosses these cultural lines and still maintain the accuracy and the report that this profile provides, which is quite unique. And so Ray did that. Uh, he modified the profile, and that became the Oxford Capacity Analysis that we used, well, all the way through. But that's the one that uh, this rumor suggested because somebody bought 
the copyrights and is holding the church up to some kind of huge fee for its use, the church just said, now we'll, we'll change it and make, make our own profile. And of course, they had no familiarity with the profile, with how you evaluate it or anything like that. It was just an arbitrary decision. So they took it, they changed some of the questions. Now, you ask yourself, uh, do I have a Ray Kemp version of the profile or do I have one of the church profiles? If, if somebody's using these profiles to this day, I don't even know if you can access the church profile without going through their computer. But here's, a, here's an example of a changed question. There is one question in there, you guys will remember this, of course, where it says, um, would you give up hunting or fishing out of concern for the pain inflicted on game and fish? Remember that one. Yeah. That is the church-altered question. Hmm. Would you give up hunting and fishing because of the pain inflicted? But the original profile said, would you feel concern about the pain inflicted on game and fish while hunting or fishing? I remember that one as well. Yeah, that's the, that's the Ray Kemp version. Uh-huh. Now, feeling concern about the pain, yeah. I, I'm a fly fisherman, for example, and when I when I catch a fish, I keep them in the water, I take the hook out, I'm concerned about pain. If I keep a fish, I will kill it quickly, because, because I am concerned. But would I give up fly fishing out of this concern? No, I, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. That one question counts for many points on one of the traits of a profile. That's so interesting. Plus, it also, in my opinion, seems to imply a certain level of guilt just in the phrasing of the question. Would you give it up? Well, that implies that you're already hunting and fishing. And two, if you don't give it up, obviously you're an evil person, which I think is funny. The other one is much more forgiving, I guess. Yeah, the Kemp version, it's easier to answer the profile. It's like, okay, but keep in mind that some of the questions are intentionally ambiguous because the profile is sampling your, uh, well, one of the points, one of the traits on the profile. How do you handle ambiguity? Um, It's a very interesting profile because it shows us this just with fascinating detail. The way a person puts these characteristics together, it is in fact a personality profile. In my estimation, over these years, looking at an awful lot of tests out there in the marketplace, most of these tests are done, are delivered to the person from the viewpoint of this is you, this is what your house looks like, this is its shape. It would be good in these neighborhoods, but wouldn't be good in these neighborhoods. This profile would work well with this other profile over here. So they create teams using their profiles as though people were fixed experiences, Mm -hmm. which is obviously not the case. A person is a volatile being and and can change in a moment with a decision. Mm -hmm. So the, the OCA approaches the thing from the viewpoint not of a hiring tool, but of an enhancement tool. We're interested in seeing, okay, this is what's going on here. Now we know precisely what we can do to enhance every single one of these capabilities. Enhance one of them and all of them are effective. But you just can go across the board and bring about 
dramatic improvement with the person, or actually the person can improve himself, uh, being guided by, okay, this is the next thing we want to address. But the profile that the church came up with, when you look at it, it just doesn't make any sense. I was in San Francisco. This is actually when I discovered that the test had been changed. Uh, I had done, a, done a, an event for the San Francisco organization, and after it, uh, the director of that facility asked me if I would do a, an evaluation for w one prospective public who was interested in seeing her result. She's very, you know, a very good person, a good lady, very competent and so on. And I said, I'd be happy to. And I sat down with this lady and we were having a chat. The computer was printing off her thing. And then they brought the profile over to me. Now, mind you, this is after we've been talking for five minutes. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I can talk to you for five minutes and pretty well write personality tests. I've done many <laughs> thousands of these things over the years. So I can look at somebody and go, oh, he's got a low age. Uh, you know, or he's got a really high D trait. You know, you, you kind of technicians get into this technical speak. And so it is with, and so it is with, the, uh, with this profile. But I looked at this profile and knew it knew immediately this is not this woman's profile. It just doesn't make any sense at all. And uh, I, I handed it back to the director and said, you, we have a glitch on the computer here. I'm sorry, there's been a glitch. Mm -hmm. This there's, It was an error in printout, so this is what we're going to do. And, of course, he was standing there stunned, you know, looking at the profile going, what's wrong with it? What's happening here? And I said, listen, I need to go back to Clearwater where I live but I want you to go on to this site and take this profile. I'll get the answer to that, and then I'll call you here in San Francisco. I'll give you a call, and I'll evaluate your profile for you. That'll be like Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And she was happy with that. So she got up and she left, and and the uh, director there was going, what, what do you mean computer glitch? The computer's working. I said, listen, I don't care what's happening with the computer. This profile is not her profile. If I gave her this profile, it would be a completely invalid, it just wouldn't arrive in her universe because it, it just would not be real to her. It would be a complete invalidation of what she knows is true about herself and which is true about herself. This is not an accurate reflection. Well, he was still dumbfounded. But later in the week, I called her on the phone, I evaluated her profile, and she was blown out. She was like, oh my gosh, I wanted to handle that forever. That's absolutely true. And, da, 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 da. and she went on and on and on. And I said, okay, the thing you need to do is this thing called a communication course. I want you to go into the facility tomorrow and, uh, and talk to the director and get started on it. She says, absolutely, Mark, thank you very much for your time and so forth. And uh, the next day, I, I sent him a copy of her profile. He was gobsmacked at the difference between these profiles. But he, he definitely called and said, boy, she came in and she was excited. She was ready to go and she really wanted to get on the communication. What happened? I said, I just evaluated her profile. Mm -hmm. But the profiles your computer is producing are weird. It hadn't even occurred to me that the test itself had been changed. Mm -hmm. I did notice that reading this thing one, one trait at a time is like, who came up with that idea? That's just irrational. That's not the way you evaluate a profile. In any case, I came to discover that at that point that the profile had been changed. So so I didn't ever go back to using uh, Ray Kemp's profile. I never stopped using it. My friend 
Mark Grunow in Sweden is the foremost authority on that profile on the planet. I mean, there's there's nobody that can evaluate a profile like Mark. And of course, he trains people in its use and so forth. He uses it in his company, which is called Formula. Mm-hmm. He noted these changes and has been working tirelessly, at least he was until I left, to notify management that this is grossly altered and it gives a very bad result. And all he got out of this these reports was sec checking, continuous sec checking. <laughs> In fact, he did a series of training seminars on the personality test to various organizations around Central Europe, and their statistics boomed, boomed. When they when they learned how to actually evaluate and so on, and uh, he was sec checked for that as well, pulled off the lines, sent to the free winds and so on. Why he is still in the in the church is a matter for another episode. Oh. <laughs> I, I think there are I think there are common denominators to people who left and never did anything else, or people who have been interested in inquiring but just uh, hold themselves back. Uh, you know, I, I think there are just a few fundamentals that we will, we will cover, but that's, uh, you know, stay tuned for coming episodes. Right. Uh, but to continue with profile, it's an interesting thing about profile because a person never understands his or her own behavior. You, you know, it's like you can't see your own house by looking out through its front windows, out of the house. Sort of if you knew it was wrong with you, it wouldn't be wrong with you. Well, uh, yeah. That's definitely the case. But the fact is, people just don't know their own behavior. They don't look at their behavior with any perspective at all. Mm-hmm. Because they can't get out of their house and look back at the house and go, boy, those windows are dirty. But that's a nice part of the house. But that part of the house sucks. And they need a new addition <laughs> over here. And the, the fact of the matter is, your neighbors know what your house looks like more than you do. Mm-hmm. As they walk back and look at it, boy, he needs to clean his windows. But you're looking out through foggy windows, not knowing they're foggy, because they've been getting gradually foggy over the years. You know, it's all relative. So, exactly right. Exactly right. I, the first time I saw myself on video, we were we were reviewing some events and what we covered in earlier events that were successful and so forth. And they threw the video up there, and I thought I didn't realize there was somebody that went on before me. And then I realized that's me. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, I thought, I thought I had hair, you know, I had a completely different picture of myself. And then when this guy turned around to put something on the board, he had this huge bald spot on the back of his head. My God, who is that guy? (laughs) Why people always hate the recordings of their own voice. Yeah, it's 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 a strange thing to see yourself in perspective. It's a funny thing because... You know, I've done many workshops over the years on how to evaluate an OCA. And uh, everybody who attends does their own profile. And then as they walk in the room, they're handed their profile, their profile result. And they go to their chairs and they sit down and they kind of form a corral with their arms. And they look at the profile between their arms and they want to make sure nobody else sees their profile. Which is ludicrous. Because everybody else already knows what your profile says. This is the last guy to find out what his own profile looks like, which they soon discover in the workshop. But the fact of the matter is, it's, it's, there's, no, there's no problem with it. There's no right or wrong about a profile. It's, it simply says, here are the capabilities. Here is where you are exercising your potential. Here is where your potential clearly could use some enhancement. 
And there is one point on that profile that is the point that his attention is already completely fixed on, completely focused, and that one thing causes more trouble in his life than you can imagine. And the purpose of the evaluation is to simply point this out to him and give him very examples of how this would play out in his life. And they just sit there and, and they look at you with their mouth again, possibly drooling. <laughs> uh, thinking, oh my God, that's so true. I do that all the time. Oh my God. And uh, it's, it's quite remarkable because not only have you pointed it out, which gives you considerable credibility and the profile considerable credibility, it lets this person know that if you know that, maybe you know how to help them fix it. Yeah. And of course, that's what we do. We help people fix whatever it is about their lives that they think is broken. And this profile is their answers, these 200 questions, and it absolutely reveals what they've always wanted to know but never could sort out because of this pile of debris that they call a mind. They could never reach in there and pull out the one thing that if I worked on this, man, you know, everything would be better. I mean, there is, it's not a, a one-shot clear or anything like that. But it is, when you know about evaluative technology, and you know that in order to evaluate something, you need to evaluate it against something else. Mm -hmm. So we always go in and imagine the ideal scene of a particular job or section or company or whatever. We, evaluate, we look at the ideal scene of that thing, and then we compare the existing scene of that individual or group or whatever with we compare the existing scene against that ideal scene, and we observe the departures. There are a number of departures from that ideal scene that, that create, actually, this existing scene. But the greatest of these departures is called the situation. And the situation is, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a departure, but it's the greatest departure of all these departures. And that situation has a reason. What's causing this situation to happen and that reason is called a why this is why the situation exists it's the fascinating thing about this because when you discover a right why that person instantly knows that's it that's it he brightens up he goes my god that makes so much sense and immediately the door is open for handling of that why Mm -hmm. You handle the why, you handle the situation, and that changes the whole existing scene. So you do another evaluation, you discover what's the next situation, and so on, until you have an entire job or section or group or organization uh, has arrived at the ideal scene. It's just a, a series of taking those steps again and again and again. Well, the Oxford Capacity Analysis provides us with the person's why. This is the situation that he has in his life, and this is the reason it exists. And when you point that out to him, number one, it blows his mind because he knows it's true. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is his why. And not only does he know it's true, he is absolutely cooperative with you in helping him to fix it. I mean, we never went below a 95% sign-up after an evaluation. Wow. It, it just never happened. And the truth of the matter is, there are some people, as soon as you look at their profile, you know they're not going anywhere. That, that was my next question. 
yeah, you look at his profile, and in fact, I've had I started a number of profiles over the years by saying, well, one one is in particular uh, a perfect example. Uh, this guy's name is Bruce, and I looked at his profile and said, well, the first thing I should point out to you is that you are not going to agree with anything I say about his profile. <laughs> and he said, he said, well, I don't know about that. And there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's like they are bare naked and open to the world on that profile. And the fact is, this is an incredible tool because it absolutely opens the door to actually be able to do something for this guy. But he has to be in a position where he really wants to do something about it himself. And there are some people who are so closed, they are so self-righteous and other wrongness that they simply will not have anything from another person have any value. And you can spot that on a profile right away. You can also spot an antisocial personality in an instant. Yeah. I, I considered myself, because I was a public wretch for many years, I considered myself the gatekeeper. It wasn't a matter, can we help people with services? We know that. We, we can fix any situation. The question that I had to answer myself is, do I want this person in my group? Mm-hmm. I was the gatekeeper. you got to get past me. It's not a matter of, gee, I really want to close you for a service. No, I, I don't particularly want to close you for a service. I want to find out about you. I want to see if this is real to you. I want to see if this is an accurate profile. Because you're the one that's going to have to reach for the service. You're going to the one that's going to have to fix it. You look in vain to me or any of my friends to help to, to fix this thing for you. We're not babysitters. This is a tough thing you're, you're facing here. We will help you get through it, but boy, you better come to the table mm-hmm. or we're not interested. You know, we have a lot of people in line that want to get in here and get these services. Uh, we are not obligated to take anybody on. Oh, and oh. Yeah, you, can tell, you can tell by looking at the profile whether you're somebody who, A, you want, B, who will reach and actually do something about it. Fully 5% of the people that you sit down with are people that you are know you're just going to here, buy this book and see what you think and bid them a nice day. You know, you'll never see them again. So with that being said, and the number of tests that you've done and, and looking at the results, have you seen as far as a comparison or a benchmark with the potential trouble sources and or antisocial personalities that the numbers are, they run pretty much close to what LRH says? Well, actually, LRH... Uh made many comments about those numbers. In the beginning, he was talking about uh, 2.5% were suppressive. Uh-huh. Later, he commented the percentage was a great deal higher than he had earlier suspected. Uh, when he started to do further research, he discovered that some get a, somebody can become an SP. An S, a suppressive person isn't just born. Uh-huh. A suppressive person can be made. And in a social society that pays people not to work, there are many more. Mm-hmm. But the PTS person, the one who is in the under the influence of the suppressive, is a, a very resolvable situation. Actually, it's, it's a technical condition that's technically very, very simple to solve. Personally, it can be challenging. But there's no question in the person's mind that this is exactly what he needs to do. Um, so the, na- the nature of the suppression and stuff needs to be sorted out. But then very simple programs can be delivered to people to to fix this up. 
but it does show up on the profile. It's right there, mm -hmm. yeah. right in your face. So the PTS, the the potential trouble source personalities, are they are they easily identifiable at a glance, or is it something that you need to delve into? Well, if you're doing the profile, the profile is at a glance. That's in fact that's the first thing you look for when you look at someone's profile, because that factor, if a person is we call a potential trouble source PTS, uh, that's the first thing you have to handle with the person. For the simple reason being that if he does have this suppressive in the environment, this suppressive is suppressive to him because he represents a threat. So this guy is very carefully not being a threat by putting himself down, by invalidating himself, and all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, if you suddenly then did an action that helped this person expand and become much better, you actually put him in harm's way with the suppressive in his environment. Mm -hmm. So whenever you see the PTS indicators, you know you have a person sitting in front of you who is a potential trouble source, that becomes the target of the interview, and you will find that it's very real to the person. You simply, you simply comment to him, well, according to this profile, you have somebody in your environment who is quite antagonistic to your welfare. And they burst out in tears. They go through some holy. Suddenly, they look at that profile like, "How in the hell did you know that from looking at these lines on a page?" Uh -huh. It's revelation to these people because they were thinking it was their own personal problem with their brother or mother or father or husband or wife or boss or whoever it was. But as soon as you point it out, some of these people become aware of it for the first time. Mm -hmm. They always knew it was happening, but they never had it separated out from the rest of the trouble in their life as being a significant thing. But when you tell them that, it suddenly makes dominoes fall for them, and they become extremely interested very suddenly. And it's, as I said, technically, as you know, a simple condition to, to solve, um, technically. Mm -hmm. Personally, it, you can go through some, some jumps to get to that point. But it is necessary that one resolve this relationship with this antagonistic person before he continues with any other service. So, naturally, when you see it on a profile, it's the first thing you talk about. It's the only thing you talk about because until that's resolved, nothing else can happen. So, in, in so doing... Did that answer your question? Yes. In, in so doing, okay. uh, the the profiles and you indicating to somebody that this is going on in their life. How often did that remedy the situation just upon that indication? Was it something that was common over the course of, you know, doing these uh, tests with them and, and going over it with them? Uh, you know, I, I can't recall a time simply because my job was to point it out and turn it over to those people responsible for seeing that it's handled. Mm -hmm. Because a person isn't going to realize, oh yeah, my husband beats me all the time. They, they aren't handled because the condition still exists. The condition exists not because of the suppressive person, but because of something the person himself or herself does that allows it to occur. Mm -hmm. And this is something that people need to understand about a, a PTS condition. A PTS condition is not caused by the suppressor. It's caused by the individual's reaction to the suppression. Right. And if he doesn't understand those mechanics, 
then he'll become PTS again in a flash. Mm -hmm. I mean, he might feel very good in that interview, but one of the characteristics, as you know, of a potential trouble source is that they roller coaster. Mm -hmm. They feel great, and then they feel terrible. They go up, they go down. They have emotional slides, and then they climb. Whenever the suppressive is around, and they think about the person, they don't feel well. That suppressive means they feel, and and so we have this roller coaster. So you can indicate this thing, and the person can go, "Oh my God, you're right. God, this this is so helpful for me." Well, they haven't been helped because they don't understand the mechanics of the condition, and therefore they can't. Uh, they they don't understand what they need to do to actually handle the problem in their own universe so it doesn't occur again. And that occurs with some regularity. I have to say, easily 25% of the, oh, oh, I'm certain it's more, it's probably more like 40% of the profiles that I see uh, have PTS indicated. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, the, and the truth of the matter is, everybody at some point or another in their life is PTS. I mean, this isn't a, a stain. This isn't a social stigma. This is simply a condition of the fact that we have a society that has suppressives in it. Uh, these people are learning from their politicians and so on how to get things done. And and this there's this contagion of aberration going through the society. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can see some pretty... And obviously it changes from one profession to the next. Salespeople, for instance, aren't, aren't nearly as PTS as other professions like dentists and uh, morticians and so forth. Really? Yeah. And you get certain corporations. Oh my God. You go into... Uh, a corporate environment, and you find PTSS all over the place because p people are continually having to alter their behavior to satisfy some identity that is expected of them. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, so people are, are continually suppressing themselves so that they fit into this social fabric. It's uh, spiritually quite damaging. But of course, nobody can damage a spirit. The spirit damages himself. Right. And when you show him how he's doing it, he stops doing it. Now, Lydie, I'm, 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 I'm not a techie myself. I've definitely handled my share of PTS personnel. But uh, these are things that ethics officers and... Uh, those those sorts of hats are really trained to handle, but I'm trained to identify them. There's no doubt about it. I can spot it across a crowded gymnasium at the prom. <laughs> Carrie has a question for you. So I know several people who are diagnosed as bipolar. I was wondering if that is something that you could see on the personality test. Well, bipolar is a psychiatric term. Right. It has no place in the profile simply because the profile is is profiling these 10 things. Bipolar means a roller coaster. If it means they feel good, feel bad, feel good, feel bad, as one might assume it means because the bi they're bipolar. Either they're positive or negative. They change positive and negative all the time. So do I have an approximation of its meaning? Yeah, I would say so. Well, because I, I, I have never cleared the word. It's a psychiatric term. What psychiatrists do is observe conditions and then stack a, tack a label on them and uh, figure out what drug is going to address it. But they don't ever make an attempt to discover its anatomy and resolution. And so bipolar means all I can tell you is that with, with somebody's profile, I can tell you precisely what's going on and what needs to be done to enhance this person's capabilities, whatever those capabilities. Are. Now, you will find, and it's interesting to note as you bring this 
this thing up about bipolar because invariably you have bipolar and schizophrenia and all these other things that they, the terms that they have, there's always a drug involved. When you find a, a, a profile that has a low D, the middle of the profile is very low. You know, like minus 50 on the activity, minus uh, 30 on the boldness, and minus 100 on the responsibility. You're looking at a drug case. This is somebody who takes drugs. Now, whatever condition a person has before you give him drugs, it's going to worsen the condition by giving him drugs. And I'm talking about psychiatric drugs. I'm, I'm not... I'm not a proponent that says you should never use drugs for any reason. I mean, if a person is in extreme pain, you give them a painkiller for crying out loud. But we're talking here about psychiatric terms, so we're talking about psychiatric drugs. And psychiatric drugs affect a profile dramatically, and they most dramatically affect it by dragging down the middle of the graph. That's so when I look at a very low profile in the middle, I immediately inquire about drugs. Then there is also this fact. One of the indicators of potential trouble source, as, as we mentioned, is the person roller coasters. But now imagine yourself on this roller coaster. You're going up and you're going down all the time. Pretty soon you just get tired of going up just to go down. So you stay down. You follow? <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> this is a chronic, this is a chronic PTS condition. There's no more roller coaster. He's just, screw it. I'm staying down. Uh -huh. I'm not getting hopeful anymore. So there are some profiles that are just so down, the first thing you suspect is PTSDs. Because, my gosh, this guy uh, is keeping himself from causing any effects so he doesn't upset somebody. So it even shows a chronic PTS condition where if you ask the person, do you go up and down all the time? You'd say no. And you'd think, oh, he's not PTS. No. The person who's going up and down is still a pretty healthy PTS. Mm -hmm. Somebody who no longer goes up is a very unhealthy PTS. You can spot insularity, in other words. Oh, sure. Oh, I'm telling you, as I was saying, I mentioned Martin Runow earlier. This guy could tell you what color is your grandmother's hat by looking at your profile. <laughs> I mean, it's uncanny. I have, we were in Australia together. We put, uh, we put his company a number of places on the planet. But one was Australia, and we were in Brisbane, uh, went in to see a guy who was the operations officer of the Bechtel Corporation, no, of Halliburton, Halliburton. They were building a huge boiler in the harbor there, and it was going behind schedule and stuff, so they called in one of my friends who was his consultant to help him dig this out mm -hmm. and turn this project around. So my friend brought Marty and me in to show him the, the profile. And we had him have three of his staff do this profile and just, just label them person A, person B, person C. So he knew who they were and nobody else did. And, uh, and then we came into the office and he handed us, we just had, uh, you know, this little pencil mark plans. This wasn't computerized in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. So he gave me the platens, and I went up to the side while Martin was talking to them. And I put these profiles onto graphs. You know, so you could actually see the profile. Mm -hmm. And then I handed him, you know, person A. And uh, Marty looked down at this profile and said, okay, what we're dealing here with a person who can be extremely good if you just give him one thing to handle at a time. But if you give him two or more things to handle at the same time, he will be buttered all over the universe and completely disposed. 
And this exec leaned back in his chair and laughed for 15 minutes. He had to actually get up and walk around the office. (laughs) (laughs) And he came back and he was laughing. He said, you know, I've known this guy and worked with him for 25 years. This morning in the shower, I was thinking, you know, this guy is really good when you just give him one thing to do. But if you give him more than that, He's an absolute cluster bomb. I mean, he was laughing. He, he said, I can't believe you sat down in that chair not even knowing this guy and told me what I only this morning realized for myself. Mm-hmm. I, I, he was absolutely blown out. And, of course, the same thing happened again and again and again through these evaluations. It's an uncanny, it's a genius profile is what it is. Now, as a matter of fact, when, when I came out of the, of the church, I had no concept of an independent field. I, I didn't realize that Scientologist was, was growing and happening in the field, but I knew that it had to, and I knew it was my responsibility to make that occur because the world needs this technology mm-hmm. in its genuine, original form. And so I was puzzling about, well, what am I going to do about this problem? I've got to, I got to figure out who of my friends is out, and uh, I knew a number of my principal friends, like Marty and and other guys whose names I don't need to mention. But these guys are luminaries with the technology. They're known everywhere for their ability to apply it. So, But I would inquire, and, and they were still in. So I obviously uh, was not approaching them. But So my stable datum was, well, everybody needs the OCA. Everybody needs this profile. All the field auditors that are out here, whoever they are, wherever they are, they need this profile. So I determined to put this thing together and put it online, which I did. I changed the name to Personal Matrix Profile, the PXP. And we put it up on the net, and it wasn't uh, more than a few months, so we had over 125 countries tagging into this site. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't growing from there. This is all just through its developmental stages. It wasn't growing from there. And I'm starting to think, gee, I I was thinking many more auditors would use it. It was just available. Just use it. You know, absolutely. Then I started to get into a bit of a pinch because I have staff that are monitoring it, create the site and do all this other stuff. So I got to think about making this thing at least covering its its expense. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, you know, most of the people that I could promote to didn't get into Scientology until after the early 80s when this profile was being... It was just crap, and it was being used badly. And when I inquired further, it turned out that an awful lot of people think very badly about the OCA. When in truth, they don't think badly about the OCA. They think badly about the altered, uh, misapplied, misappropriated piece of crap that had the name OCA put onto it. Uh Right. Yeah, I understand. And, and, And that's absolutely true. That did occur, but that was never my reality. I learned how to evaluate this back in the 70s and thought this is a thing of genius. And then we used it to put literally thousands of people onto services that would resolve, would address and resolve the issues that they most wanted to handle in their lives. I'm, I'm a complete proponent of this profile, but I never went through the continual betrayals that happened in the church through the 80s and the 90s when to get out of the HTC their OCA had to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And it'll never look that way. 
because the profile itself has been changed. Right, especially with the alteration involved, you're going for something that just isn't attainable. That's right. Because of these alterations, it doesn't technically reflect what's actually going on with the person. So imagine this, John. You, you come to an auditing action, you feel fantastic about it. You sit down and do an OCA, and they say, oh, look at your responsibility tray. Well, that ain't the way I feel. <laughs> well, you know, you got to go back and get another intention. Is that a wrong indication or what? You're just spinning the guy in after he's been spun out, so to speak, or at least part of the way. Absolutely. I mean, people are spun in time after time after time when they're shown their OCA and say, no, we need to have all these lines up here. And suddenly the OCA becomes this menacing presence. And now when you're going through the profile, you're not taking the profile. You're not in session with the profile, interested in your own case and willing to talk about it. You're going to going, now what the hell do I want with this question? Okay, let's see. Let's see. If I was that tester, I would say, okay, this, this is the answer I'll try today. Talk about test anxiety. And, oh, man, it just, uh, they just come out of there with their lips completely out. <laughs> so I realized, oh, my God, people have been battered with this profile for years. No wonder none of these guys in the field are accessing it. If they knew this profile the way I knew this profile, they would be beating a path to the site and accessing this thing and expanding their organizations, expanding their practices and so reaching more people with genuine communication. You know, the dissemination drill that LRH developed, uh, in, it's in volume six, where you contact the person, you handle any antagonisms that he has to whatever, and so forth, and you take him through. This, this profile is the best contact method there ever was. You sit down and you... You're talking with the person and say, let's look at your profile. And you start addressing your profile, and it's like, wow, there's a hookup that happens. Mm -hmm. So the, to me, it's an invaluable tool at the front end. And when it was destroyed, I just thought it was to override or to, to sidestep this copyright situation. But in point of fact, it was such an overproduct, such a terrible alteration of this profile that guaranteed the invalidation of public. It basically slammed the door shut for anybody working at the front end. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, fortunately, most of the wise groups that started, well, the, the first one was the one we started in San Francisco with Lloyd Latch called Latch Management. There's a wonderful guy, a chiropractor there. We started this thing up, and then we started Sterling Management Systems. And these were the first two so-called wise groups. Mm -hmm. And, of course, all of those groups that started off from this lineage used the old OCA. Mm -hmm. And they boomed. They prospered because they were using an accurate test, but none of them used the church profile. And later, some wise group, uh, some 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 official wise institution in the church came out with this modified profile. Uh, Master Tech, I think, created it, and they said, you will use this version, and that was the church's version. So it, it was asserted upon all of the uh, wise groups that they had to now use this other version and that they couldn't use, or they stipulated that they couldn't use the original? I don't think it was that obvious. Because uh, it didn't need to be. Nobody was nobody was aware that the test itself had been changed. I wasn't aware of it until I actually saw a difference between two profiles, and I was already quite expert at evaluating these things. 
I mean, I could look, I could have a five-minute conversation with you and, and tell you what your profile was. Mm-hmm. So when I looked at this for the first time, I realized I thought originally there was something wrong with their computer. But the truth is, it just didn't occur to me that somebody would intentionally alter this genius piece of tech. Mm-hmm. It's the confront of evil, Jonathan, and, and it's the problem many people have dealing with this problem. Church, they just can't believe that somebody would take something so beautiful, so miraculous, and change it so it worsens conditions. Mm-hmm. The incredulity is, is so strong that just nobody looks. And here is here is the rub. An antisocial personality is, by definition, a sociopath. And the quality of sociopaths, they all have in common is that they have no conscience. Zero conscience. Can you define conscience for the listeners, please? A monitoring influence that keeps you on a road of goodness and, and behaving correctly. Behaving in, in, a, in a beneficial direction. When you steal from somebody, your conscience is heavy on you. Your conscience is that thing that bitch slaps you when you cheat on a test. Mm-hmm. The conscience is that guardian angel that floats over your shoulder. I'm speaking, of course, figuratively here. That monitors your actions and allows you to be social with people. Antisocials have no conscience, zero conscience. Serial killers will tell you in the greatest detail how they killed a person and feel no faintest sense of remorse for it. Mm -hmm. So this issue of of the sociopath is absolutely present with social personalities and is why the antisocial is so hard to spot. Because a social personality, you, Carrie, me, our friends, just can't imagine somebody would do something like that. Mm-hmm. You follow? I just, they, they find no common ground with this behavior. Nobody would, for example, believe that uh, Miscavige would behave in ways that were not only destructive of the church, but absolutely counter to everything that LRH wrote about ideal organizations and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, so the congregation just sits there absolutely not willing to believe that somebody would do that. So they just they just pretend that it's not there. Oh, this, of course, this is good. I just I just don't have enough information to have an opinion about it. And those guys obviously know what's going on. So let's just do what they say. Uh-huh. No, this is so. This is the nature of why these antisocials are allowed to get away with this stuff. But the, yeah, the, the personality test, the OCA, was one such product of the antisocial personality because it definitely helps people to know precisely what's going on in their own universe. And these are their answers to the test. And when they see the result, they go, "Of course, that's it. Uh-huh. Oh my God, that's fantastic!" But that's a benefit. That's an improvement. That's an enhancement. And antisocial personalities cannot have enhancement. Mm-hmm. As a little bit of a sidebar to this, the LRH datum of the hardest thing to spot is a missingness is basically what had occurred with the original OCA test because these things had been either deleted, omitted, or altered, correct? Right, exactly. Sort of people weren't given artifacts about these changes. No, nobody was trained at all. Once the OCA was trained, it went on, you know, to this whole other pattern of this is the way that it goes. Mm-hmm. But as LRH mentioned in that same reference, the hardest thing to spot is something that isn't there. Right. It's a, it's 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 not there to be seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
and so that's really what we're dealing with in, in, in large part. People are simply asked to believe that LRH had something to do with this or that project. But the OCA was so taken for granted as a Div 6 tool, and as a Div 4 tool, tool as well, to design CS programs and so on. But it just never occurred to these people. These, these are trained auditors. These are very social personalities. These are people who work long hours for little pay to help people get up this grade chart. Mm -hmm. There's no more social people on the planet than trained auditors. And it would never occur to them that this OCA has been changed and that they're trying to play supervisor case from a completely overt product. This is a damaged product. And they, they just trust that what they're being given is an accurate recording. When it's not. But when people... When it's not, it's just a wrong indication. Mm -hmm. Down the chute, everything goes from there. That's it. That's it. If you were to speculate, maybe it goes beyond speculation, would you say that this was done overtly, falling down of, of the subject, both in Div Division 6 and Division 4 of the Scientology Whiteboard, them bringing in new public or people that were actually receiving auditing, or was it just because of the copyright? No, it was obviously done covertly, under the table, but intentionally to destroy the front end. And let me tell you why I know that. Because Martin Ronell and myself were very known to management, were very known in the places that discuss these things, for years worked to have these things examined and corrected. With extensive reports, the FSM program, the OCA, and so forth. Extensive reports, very accurate, really laying things out to like you would be talking to a new public person. Because understand, these people at Mike's have no need to understand what an OCA is. Mm -hmm. They don't use it. But Martin, with his expertise, laid this thing out in detail and technically showed the importance of the profile and why it works and the whole thing. And even had abbreviated reports that said this thing has been altered. You know, we've gotten tens of thousands of people started up services using this profile correctly. The church profile is completely all of it. All of these reports and still wasn't fixed. It was never fixed. In fact, for continuing to report these things, like the FSM program and the OCA, we were continually set-checked over and over again to the point where... I'm not paying for any more of these. I don't care what you guys do, but this is too freaking expensive to answer your question. But still, the set checks went on and on and on. Marty was going off to the freeways every couple of months. Just to stop him from talking about it. If there was the slightest intention to have a standard profile and to fix the thing, it would have been done years ago. You follow? Mm -hmm. The inaction spoke louder than anything else, in other words. Oh, yeah. And not only that, the suppressing of the the primary person, in this case it was Martin, having to do with the profiles, that's just, just smashing it and continuing to smash it. And this is why he's probably still in the church. He thinks this is all his fault. He's damaged the church and he should be paying amends or something like that. Instead, he was just repeatedly missing their withhold, having changed it that, on that's purpose. That's a spot-on observation. Continuously, and also... He was disclosing the truth, disclosing the truth, disclosing the truth. There's nothing anybody could say about it because nobody knows the profile better than he does, and everybody knows that. So what are you going to do? You put him up his own ass. Right. You have to take him out. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like it's the same strategy as we have all experienced, where the um, I went in to report the verbal tech on the posters at Flag. Uh, I had this extensive report that I wrote on it, and um, you know these are the IAS, the International Association of Scientologists posters with the LRH quote on it. LRH wasn't even on the lines. He never even knew about the IAS. And yet all of these quotes are coming out, completely taken out of the context of the bulletins or policies from which they were drawn. Mm-hmm. The same thing is true of the ideal org. All of these posters right there in the reception of flat. And I wrote this whole thing up and said, this is verbal tech. This is absolutely verbal tech. This is a crime. This is actually a high crime. You're using LRH quotes to support your program, which has nothing to do with the quote. It's completely out of context. Mm-hmm. I wrote this report up and handed it to my MAA, and she read through it. She said, okay, pick up the cans. And I said, okay, I guess I'm attesting to having written a knowledge. And, uh, and she said, now, what have you done to make this happen? And I, I didn't get the question. I said, what? you mean my report? Well, I sat on my ass for about four hours. And I wrote the damn thing. No, but I mean, what did you do to bring about this verbal tech? Wow. I, I said, what do you mean, what did I do? I, I just walked in and observed it. Somebody else did this. I'm just bringing it to the awareness of the group. This is my job. You, you observe the outlets, and then you report about it so it can be corrected. Mm-hmm. Yes, but what did you do to bring this about? I mean, I, I was like... But what is this, like an intro, introspection drill? <laughs> <laughs> How to get somebody else to introspect up their ass? And we know you're 100% responsible for every man, woman, and child on the planet. So what did you do to cause Somalia? Uh-huh. These, these, these kind of questions just send you right up your backside. Right. So the, the over death okay. speaks loudly in accusation. <laughs> exactly. Well, the, the fact of the matter is it, it didn't introvert me. It just puzzled me. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't, I think as rather sideways as I was, I, it didn't occur to me that Slavka, one of my favorite people, would be trying to put my anchor points in. I, I like, what are you getting at here? I, I was thinking, where is the MU on this question? But, but it, it took some retrospect to see. Oh, we did. She was just doing this whole truth rundown or whatever. What did you do that caused this to happen? Why are you not taking responsibility? I am taking it. I wrote the freaking report. What do you want me to do? Go down there and tear these posters down? Mm-hmm. And I finally said, well, Slavka, you walk past these posters every day. What have you done to keep those posters up there? And, you know, the, 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 the abbreviated check stopped. It's like, you know, we're all responsible for this Slavka. I'm not suggesting that I'm any less responsible than the next guy. But I'm reporting this so that it could be corrected. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, this is the first time I've become aware of it. I'm reporting it because I think this is dangerous. It was a long year, 2010. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of such conversations. But, but we, we sort of wandered off of the, the profile, the OCA. Where are we here? Have I left you with any questions? No, I, I guess to, to bring the whole thing round, uh, you experienced the same thing with the OCA and the FSM programs where 
it was uh, sort of a there's nothing here to see, just uh, keep on walking, folks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, nothing to see and so forth. <laughs> Some ate the whole thing as far as the OCA and its its current state. Could you put that in a nutshell for us to, uh, to end off the program for today, Mark? Yeah. The profile uh, designed by Julius Salmon back in the 50s for LRH and then modified by Ray Kemp at LRH's request was a brilliant profile that shows an accurate picture of what's happening with the person's universe. It was then, it is today. You cannot find it in the church, but you can find it by looking onto perfect proof of the perfect profiler website. It's called perfectprofiler.com. Go on there and have a look. And that's the actual profile, the way it appears today. They can go on there and some videos to see there and so forth to show you a bit about what we've been talking about here tonight. But this profile, whether you go to the personal matrix profile site or you find an old profile designed by Kemp, uh, one of the earlier versions, that is the profile that you use in your practice and so forth. And you really need to be trained in how to evaluate them correctly. You need to find somebody who uh, knows how to do that and uh, get some training and use it in good health. That would be my final word. Okay. Thank you again, Mark, for being on the show. We'll uh, pick up the next episode, and I really appreciate you being on the show, and thank you for being here. Nothing but a pleasure.